Let us pray. Good and holy God, we are so grateful uh, to worship here before you and with you and to worship you. And God, we are thankful for your word that you have sent down through the generations that you have kept faithful and that it can lift us up. And God, we just pray that we will hear your word today. God, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you this day, now, and forever. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from a selection within John chapter 11, verses 14 through 44. Listen now for the word of the Lord. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So last week, Rob preached about the Christmas life, the wonder of the Holy Spirit, and how we should behave as Christians all year round, living the Christmas life each and every day, being kind, compassionate, loving, forgiving, patient, 
all of those amazing things that God asks of us and that he exemplified for us. So while I was preparing for this week, I was thinking that I would contrast that idea with the lesson from today's story. You see, I always think when I'm preparing sermons, is it going to be an action sermon full of shoulds and should nots? Or is it going to be a reflective sermon full of comfort and feeling? Uh, I don't know if you've ever noticed when I preach, I usually go for one or the other. Um, But in thinking about it, I actually found that they go hand in hand, right? We are called to do and to be because of the comfort and the love and the grace that God gives us. While experiencing the wonder of the reason for the season and the reason for our everyday, because of the New Year's celebrations falling directly within this Christmas season, we also find ourselves reflecting on our lives, which can leave us feeling convicted, emotional, and wanting to be better. Hence, New Year's resolutions. The reason that we resolve to do anything different in the new year is because we've reflected on the past year. And we say, oh, I ate too many donuts, so this year I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on a diet or whatever. You know, we, we look for the negative so that we can turn it into a positive and strive to be better people. And hopefully, upon reflection, we come to the realization that We're not forsaken, but are in fact loved and called to be all of those things that Rob talked about from Colossians last week. Despite our joy and our wonder, despite our trying to live for God as we should, we often feel cheated by life and forsaken by God. Right? We feel like we should be able to eat however many donuts we want to (laughs) eat. Life cheats us there, right? Because they're super delicious. Um, But... We feel cheated because we can't have everything that we want, because things don't always go our way. And because they don't always go how we want them to go, we do feel forsaken by God. That's why today I wanted to go for a more reflective sermon, because our emotions are raw when we reflect. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but it's always good that we look back and we try to build better. This last year, I know all of us were hoping we're going to be better. It was going to be better than 2020, right? We never thought that 2021 could be worse than 2020. We had great hope for it, but it actually was harder for many of us. You know, the beginning of the year, we had COVID, and then God showed up, and it, it It lulled enough for us to host work camp, which for me was an absolute blessing. Nobody got sick at camp. Nobody got sick preparing for camp. Um, It was amazing. And then fall came, and there was a resurge. And I think a lot of us were overcome with feelings of hopelessness. We were overwhelmed by the fact that it came back so soon and so aggressively. Um, Some of us ended up grieving even more than we already had for things we have lost, for people we had lost. And so we felt dead to the world. You know, you just want to climb into the covers and cover your head and just wish for it to all be better. Even Mary and Martha, who were Jesus's friends while he walked this earth, both expressed this in today's passage, this feeling of being forsaken. In verses 21 and 32, both separately say, they both say, 
if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right to Jesus' face. Now, how much harder is it for us to not feel that way when we don't even have Jesus sitting right in front of us in person? Consider that everyone knew that they were friends with Jesus, and that compounds everything. The implications of that are huge. Here are Mary and Martha and Lazarus before he died. Jesus is our friend. He is the Messiah. He, you know, he's going to do amazing things. Look at this man. And then he didn't show up to save Lazarus. So there are doubts. There are fears about what they believed. Whether for four days as they mourned for their brother Lazarus, or for however long each of you are sitting in your feelings of despair, we all have those moments of feeling forsaken by the same one who brings us the joy and wonder of Christmas. We smile during this season, but when the tree comes down and the lights are put away, we return to our despair and we flounder. We put on a facade because we want to be seen celebrating and we want to have fun, but deep down, we're struggling. Those emotions inside of us are raw. And I know the mental health profession now will tell you uh, not to say um, just you know, one step in front of the other, put a smile on your face and fake it till you make it. I've been hearing a lot of negative stuff about that phrase. But sometimes we're in the stage of, of our grief or our despair where that's where we start. You know, I don't think you fake it out of an unhealthy thing. You fake it out of a desire to keep going. And eventually you don't have to fake it anymore. But I think sometimes during the holidays we do put on a, a smile and we put on good cheer, and then when it's done, we feel that weight so much more compounded. Mary and Martha, however, didn't put on a facade. They openly floundered. Martha wanted her brother back, not later, but now. She still had faith that her brother would rise again in the resurrection at the last day, but she did not know the true power that Jesus held within him. So when he finally arrived in Bethany, she told him as much. Mary was so upset, she didn't even come out to greet her friend until she was summoned. She's like, Jesus is here? I'm mad at him. I'm just going to stay here until he comes fully to me. We flounder. Like Martha, we have faith in the big picture of what God has done for us. But like her also, we don't know or understand the true power it holds in our everyday lives. Like Mary, sometimes in our despair, we hide away from Jesus, refusing to come to him because we're so distraught and so angry at what we perceive as the injustice of it all. Jesus says the same thing to us that he said to them so long ago. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing will never die. Even before Jesus' own resurrection, he was in the resurrection business. With his birth, those of us who believe have been promised life. Jesus and Lazarus 
responds to that situation. The first thing that Jesus does is that he comes to Bethany. He comes to Mary and Martha. He travels great distances despite the fact that his disciples are worried about uh, the people and how they're going to receive him. But he does. He comes. And you'll notice that he doesn't come right away. Uh, and that's all about God's timing. And that's a totally different sermon. Uh, but he does indeed come. And Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Friends, Jesus came to Mary and Martha in their grief. And Jesus comes to you in your despair as well. He calls on you to be strong and courageous, to not be frightened, to not be dismayed, because he's here with you. The second thing that Jesus does is he weeps. His love for this family is great. He shows compassion. He shows empathy. And he experiences grief alongside of them. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that God is the father of compassion who comforts us in all our troubles. Just as Jesus wept with Mary and Martha and the others gathered with them, Jesus weeps with you. As I was saying, Jesus wept with Mary and Martha and their friends, and Jesus weeps with you. Jesus grieves beside you. He walks in your despair with you. Well, now I have to find my spot on my page. Okay. I was thinking about this, about the walking with us and the, the grieving with us, and I thought about the poem Footprints in the Sand, and I think most of you are probably familiar with it, but it describes a person who sees two pairs of footprints in the sand, one of which belonged to God and the other to whoever the person was, him or herself. At some point, the two pairs of footprints become one. And here God says, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. Now, why has this poem been so popular over all these years? Because what we want when we're going through our despair, when we are sad and broken down, we want Jesus to sit by us and we want Jesus to cry with us. We want to be wrapped up in his comfort, and we want to be carried by God. We want God to see us through our times of trouble. And I think that's beautiful sentiment. I think that in our stages of whatever it is we're going through, we need to be carried by his love and by his compassion. But he does even more than that. For Mary and Martha, he does more than just carry them. And he does even more than that for you. Because the third and final thing that Jesus does in our story we read today is that Jesus acts. He performs action. When Jesus speaks, people and things move and lives change. Jesus commands, take away the stone. Now, they questioned him at first, right, because they were worried about the odor, but they did what he said. He said, nope, take away that stone, and they rolled away that stone. And then Jesus says, 
Lazarus, come out. And would you believe it? Lazarus walked out of his hole. There's a Lauren Daigle song that I love called You're Still Rolling Stones. And this is what it says. I thought I was too far gone for everything I've done wrong. I'm the one who dug this grave, but you called my name. All at once I came alive. This beating heart, these open eyes, the grave let go. The darkness should have known you're still rolling stones. Mary and Martha thought Lazarus was too far gone. They had lived with him during his illness, watched him deteriorate, watched him suffer. They watched him die. And then they sat there for four days wondering why Jesus hadn't yet come. But Jesus showed up and he said, hold my water. He called Lazarus' name and the grave let go. He said, my friend Lazarus is not too far gone. God had not forsaken them. Whether your despair is caused by life just happening or whether your quote unquote had dug your own grave, you may think you are too far gone or that it's too hard to come alive again. But friends, you are not too far gone. You are not forsaken. No matter what you have been going through, Jesus once again comes and he says, hold my water. He has rolled away your stone. He has called your name. Is it unbelievable? Yes. In verse 40, Jesus asks, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? He alludes to his own saying in the, from the Sermon on the Mount where he says, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Do the pain and the fear of what you're going through go away? Not totally. Philippians 4, 12 through 13 says, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In, every, in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Your hurt is still there. I don't want to lie. It doesn't evaporate instantaneously. It's not all better instantly. But he gives us the strength to trudge through it. You'll come out different. But you grow and you learn and you still have God by your side. Do you go back to who you were before? Definitely not. In Romans 5, 3 through 4, it says, Paul, Paul says, We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. We are changed, but nothing in life is worth going through if we don't come out the other side better. We might be scarred, but we still come out the other side. This has been a hard year, and maybe for some of you, it's been a hard few years or longer. But friends, you can do this because Christ did this. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Christ himself 
was raised from the dead. And he is raising you. When our despairs consume us and lead us to feel forsaken, it is as if we are holed up in that cave like the deceased Lazarus, dead to the world and unable or unwilling to truly live. I'll be honest, after my bout with COVID, some days I still just want to get in the bed and watch Friends reruns. And it's not because I like Friends, though I do. Sometimes the weight of it's just a lot. But we have to decide to see what Jesus is doing in our lives. We have to see that Jesus rolled away that stone. Are you having relationship problems and you're just not sure of the next step? He has rolled away your stone and calls you to come out. Rise up. Are you plagued with inner demons that tell you that you're not good enough or pretty enough? He's rolled away your stone and he calls you to come out. Rise up. Are you suffering from grief so heavy you're having trouble facing each day? He has rolled away your stone and calls you to come out. Rise up. Are you suffering from a fear that holds you back from doing what you want to do or are called to do? He's rolled away your stone, and he calls you to come out. Rise up. Are you suffering from an addiction that affects your relationships, your career, your whole life? He has rolled away your stone and calls you to come out. Rise up. Are you battling an illness, emotional or physical, that debilitates you? Jesus has rolled away your stone and calls you to come out. Rise up. Whatever it is that is causing you despair this day, he has rolled away your stone. It's open. And he's calling you by name to come out. Rise up. When Jesus speaks, mountains move. Or in this case, stones. We will always have trials and temptations to face, but he gives us the strength with him by our side to hear them, to bear them. And in spite of our brokenness, in spite of our despair, we can have hope and we can come alive again. I know it doesn't always feel like it, but it's true. With the beginning of this new year and with the beginning of each new day, I hope, as Mandy Hale says, that you find some time to get really, really quiet, to curl up in a big cozy chair and watch a movie you've seen a million times before, to hug the people you love, to wrap up in a warm blanket and read a good book, to drink hot cocoa from your favorite Christmas mug, or since Christmas is done, just your favorite mug, to stand outside in the crisp night air and marvel at the stars. When I think about what she says, I think about how comforting it is to be wrapped in Christ when he is with us in our times of trouble. That's how I picture it feeling. So I hope that for each and every one of you. But even more, I hope you will allow yourself to see that Jesus is still rolling stones. And I hope that you will rise up and come out. The life and the purpose that God has created you for is too good to let pass you by 
or waste away. Come out and live the promise of the glory of God. To God be all the glory. Amen.